If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Lex Von Tobel, and this week, I'm excited for you to meet my guest, Iman Ibuzed, co-founder and CEO of Incredible Health, a career marketplace whose custom matching technology offers hospitals the fastest, most effective way to hire qualified permanent nursing staff. Iman founded Incredible Health in 2017 on a mission to reinvent the hospital and healthcare staffing landscape and help solve our national nursing shortage. Since launch, Incredible Health has partnered with over 500 hospitals, representing a majority of top-ranked hospitals in the United States. Backed by injuries and Horowitz, the company has become the fastest growing career marketplace for healthcare workers and has shortened the industry average of hiring a nurse from 90 days down to less than 20. Before founding Incredible Health, Iman also attended both medical school and business school. She's an MD and also holds an MBA from Wharton. Prior to Incredible Health, she worked in management consulting at McKinsey and led product management at a health tech startup. Let's welcome Iman. First of all, thank you so much for being here. What you're building not only is fascinating on so many levels, but could not be more relevant. So let's just start from the beginning. Um, let's go back to the early days of you standing up Incredible Health. What is the business? How did you come up with it? What was the story? Start from the beginning. Sure. So Incredible Health is the fastest growing venture-backed career marketplace for healthcare workers. Yeah, we started this company in 2017. Uh, it was live from 2018. And uh, what it is, is you know, hospitals and health systems, they use this marketplace technology to hire nurses in permanent roles in 20 days or less. It normally takes 90 days or longer. There's a few unique things about it. Uh, first, that the employers apply to the talent instead of the other way around. The second, we've automated the screening of the talent. The third is we've, we've built these custom matching algorithms. So the end result of all of that is hiring that happens at least three or four times faster than normal. So 20 days instead of the 80 or 90 day average. And we save every single hospital that we work with at least $2 million in travel nurse costs, um, HR costs, and overtime costs too. I want to um, dig in. Where did you come up with the idea? I mean, in the rear view mirror COVID, it looks just so obvious, but walk us through a little bit of those early days and where the aha moment really came from. Sure. So I'm an MD by background. Uh, I don't practice uh, at all. I've been in healthcare technology for several years now, uh, but a lot of my family members and friends are doctors and surgeons. And uh, a lot of them had been you know, they were complaining about understaffing. I would hear it at the dinner table. I would hear it in conversations and so on with doctors. And at the same time, my co-founder, Rome Portlock, he's a software engineer and, you know, went to MIT, all that fancy stuff, right? <laughs> but he has a lot of family members and friends that are, that are nurses. And they were saying, I'm experienced and I'm qualified. And it still takes me, I still, when I apply to 10, 15 places, I don't even hear back. And if I hear back, it takes months. And so we, we were like, okay, this doesn't make any sense because we know that healthcare is the biggest labor sector in the country uh, by number of workers and by dollars spent. We also know that healthcare has the biggest shortages in the country. 
you know, our demand for healthcare as a country keeps going up because our population is aging. Of course, like pandemics don't help, but the supply of workers has not kept up with the demand. Like for example, we're, we're you know, we're on track to be 1 million nurses short by, by 2024. And so we were like, this doesn't make any sense. Like everyone should be hired really fast. Like there's a huge shortage. And so once we dug into it, we realized that the processes, the technology and the tools that these in-house hiring teams were using haven't really changed since the early 2000s. It's like post a job and hope something happens. And so we figured there just has to be a better way. You do find these, you know, operational challenges throughout healthcare, frankly, uh, where, you know, better adoption of technology and process could, could potentially solve the problem. So I want to spend a little bit more time to you fast forward to now working with over 500 hospitals. What does the experience look like for a nurse who wants to find a job? And as I, I got, I heard 20 days instead of the 90, far better. Some things are automated. Tell us a little bit about the customer experience for the, the, the people looking for jobs. Yeah. So for the talent and the, you know, today it's, it's very focused on nurses. We try to create a, a very delightful experience for them. So they create a profile on the incredible health website or, or on our iOS or, and Android apps, and they create a profile and they really just sit back and relax after that, because uh, in that profile, they're entering their experience, but they're also including their preferences. And after that, that profile goes through a automated screening process. Um, they have the opportunity to speak with their talent advocate, who's also a nurse, and that's an employee of Incredible Health. And you can think of them as like a career coach and to help them better understand what their location preferences are and, and other, you know, other job preferences are. Uh, and then after that, you know, they don't have to do, they don't have to do very much uh, after they create a profile. Employers are applying to them instead of them applying to the employers. And so they just start receiving interview requests. So let's say... Let's say you are a nurse in, you know, Texas, say you're going to hear from Texas Health Resources and Baylor Scott and White and HCA and Houston Methodist and so on. And you get to choose as a nurse which interviews to accept and which ones to decline. It provides a lot more agency and control to the talent. And I, I mean, that's like a, one of our fundamental beliefs. You know, our, our mission is to help healthcare professionals live better lives and help them find and do their best work. And we, we believe that this group of workers is overworked and underappreciated. And we want to give them uh, an experience where they feel more in control and it's a lot more delightful because that's frankly not what this group of workers is used to at all. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I just, it's so amazing what you're doing and the agency that you're giving to people on the talent side. Can you talk a little bit about on the hospital side? What is the experience like for people looking for employees and how much better have you made it? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So we, of course, strive to make it a delightful experience for the employers as well. Uh, so the great thing is that uh, probably the top reason that hospitals and health systems use the platform is for the automated custom matching and the fact that the talent is pre-vetted and pre-screened. And so when you when you log in, let's say you're a recruiter at a nurse recruiter at I don't know NYU, right, or Kaiser Permanente, and you log in, like it's not that helpful to see 200 nurses. You want to see like like five or 10, right? That are the exact right fit for you at that time. Because hospital recruiters and nurse recruiters in particular are extremely busy individuals and they have to hire at a very high volume too. The average nurse recruiter in this country is trying to fill anywhere from 80 to 120 jobs at any given time. And so this is very high volume recruiting. So they need all the help that they can get from technology like this. And so for them, you know, by, by sending these interview requests just once a week and being able to hire rapidly, I mean, we are saving them a considerable amount of time, not to mention what the C-suite loves, which is the massive cost savings that we're driving as well. So for, from the perspective of a hospital executive, 
if, if hiring is happening more rapidly, that means those are days that the uh, hospital does not have to spend on contract workers or on overtime, uh, which is very expensive for the health system. And then also it improves the quality of care too, because if you can staff your units with permanent workers, uh, your quality of care improves versus relying on contract workers where the quality of care drops. I want to just take a moment. You've used the words automation, pre-screening, technology. In so many ways, you've created a labor marketplace where on one side you have, you know, nurses is the core focus. And then on the other side, you put in all of these basic tools, pre-screenings, automations, all of this matching. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done on the technology side that gives you an even better advantage? The technology advantage that we've built here um, and that really differentiates us is it's in a couple different categories. So the first category is some of what we talked about, and this is like improvements to workflow, right? So automate the screening, automate the, the matching, automate the interview scheduling. And then there's a whole nother set of technology that we built to drive talent to our platform and to keep them engaged. So it is important to us that we are not just the place where a nurse finds his or her job. And eventually every healthcare worker finds his or her job. We need to be the place where they manage their career. So in addition to the actual hiring marketplace, we provide a whole range of free services and features that's driven by software. For example, we offer free continuing education to every single nurse in this country which they need to renew and activate their licenses. Uh, we also uh, provide, there's a free mental health service that's powered by the app. We have a community that is exclusive for nurses built into the, into the platform as well, where they can ask questions in a safe way and in an anonymous way to their peers. And so these additional features and services, which are tangential to the core hiring marketplace, are critical for ensuring that we are supporting nurses throughout their career, not just at the moment when they needed a job. Working in tech, we're often hearing about the shortage of tech talent, but the nursing shortage nationwide is three times larger than the shortage in engineering talent. And by 2024, the United States is poised to experience a shortage of 1 million nurses, which is wild. Can you just talk a little bit about where we're headed and what you're hoping to try to do beyond just the basics of matching in the 90 days going to 20 days and just, again, saving, you're just taking loads of inefficiency out of the system. But then once you've done that and you've stabilized that, there's a pretty bright future on the other side of that for you guys and for Incredible Health also. Can you talk a little bit about solving that problem of the shortage of a million nurses? Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's two big problems in this market. Number one is inefficiency, which is mostly what we've talked about. And then the other, the other second problem is a supply. We do have plans to very directly address the supply and increase the supply of nurses. I can't share too much on that uh, yet. But, you know, we'll have announcements in the future. I can share a little bit more about, about what's going on in this market. So even before the pandemic, we had this looming crisis or shortage. And a lot of that has to do with the demographics of this country. As our population gets older, the demand on the healthcare system keeps increasing. And regardless of what happens you know, in healthcare policy and who pays for healthcare and so on, you can't ignore these underlying demographic changes that are happening. A pandemic comes along, it does add another demand shock to the system, and it actually makes the shortage even worse. Um, what the pandemic has done is it, it has driven uh, higher turnover among uh, talent because, you know, they're getting exhausted and burnt out. So they're leaving the workforce permanently in some cases. It's increasing the amount of turnover as well. And it's just creating a, a whole lot of exhaustion and fatigue in this workforce, which is just making the shortage even worse. And, and so even after the pandemic subsides, hopefully soon, it's still it, it, that that shortage still does exist. So I think it's going to be critical for us as well as many other, you know, players in this in this industry, like whether it's the hospitals and health systems themselves, or the nursing schools or government, there's there, there, different players here who really need to 
do more to increase the supply of nurses. That could be building more nursing schools. That could be removing the bottlenecks to even get into nursing school. And, you know, more training programs for after nursing school. That's another big bottleneck. There's not enough training programs in this country to, to train nurses after they graduate. Um, honestly, holistically, trying to make this a more sustainable job. I mean, the fatigue, the burnout, the stress that is part of this profession does not have to be as intense as it, as it as it currently is and we have we work with many nursing and hr leaders across the country who are also very they're very innovative and they are working to implement a whole range of processes and strategies to improve things like nurse retention and to reduce nurse nurse burnout can you just talk about what it was like running incredible health during the global pandemic that again we're still in but were you like how did I end up here? What did I do to have like the forethought to think of this company? Um, just give me a sense of what that was like. I mean, it was it was quite the experience, frankly, both good and bad. I put my answer in three different categories, frankly, in terms of the different groups or different considerations that we had. The first is the nurses, the second is the employers, and the third is our our team and our employees and how they were affected. So on the nurse side, the pandemic is an extremely stressful shock. Uh, you know, we, we actually put together some very detailed studies of the COVID-19 impact on nurses. And we did this twice. We did it in March, 2020 when the pandemic first hit. And we did it again, 12 months later in March, uh, 2021. And essentially the bottom line of what these studies showed is the, the fatigue, the burnout, um, the stress when nurses were encountering was just astronomical. So what we did as a result of that is we put together, we launched several products and uh, that helped them. Right. So you know, an example is the mental health product that we launched and the community that we launched. And, and that was purely as a result of what was going on in the pandemic. And the, the pickup of those products has been, has been massive, which is awesome. And, you know, by creating this like exclusive community for nurses, some of the most active discussions are around COVID and coping around and coping with COVID. Um, and then uh, as far as the mental health service goes, we saw that that was critical because of the amount of fatigue and burnout that they were, they were undergoing as well. The second group was the employers. Uh, they were also going through like some an extremely stressful time as well. And so what we did is we put we launched what we call the pandemic hiring suite, which is a whole another range of features that really enables a health system to hire rapidly during a pandemic. That is when we rolled out things like in-app chat between the employers and the talent and remote interviewing options and so on. And so that really accelerated the growth of our platform as well as like helped us meet the demand that was coming from the health systems. And then the third group was the employees. I am a CEO at the end of the day. I got got to take care of our team, and like many like many companies across the country, had to really you know we we completely switched to remote first. We are officially remote first now, and that came with a whole set of changes that we had to implement. Things from like increasing our communication cadence, like one on ones, or the frequency of all hands. It increased you know increasing the documentation, increasing the, how much we think about and and the programs that we we implement for employee wellness. Everything from a work from home stipend to the uh, team activities that are now happening remotely. There's an extra day off every month now uh, as well to help to help employees cope with the overall stress of this pandemic. So personally, I, we had to act. I had to act very fast and make decisions very rapidly in a in a in a situation that was affecting every single one of our users as well as every single one of our employees. Now, on the whole, yeah, of course, the pandemic accelerated the growth of Incredible Health, which is a good thing. But but I do acknowledge that the pandemic was a very bad thing for the U.S. healthcare system. I want to just ask you, if you step back and look 10 years out, 15 years out, what's obvious to you that maybe isn't obvious to the rest of us who aren't staring at the future of healthcare? What's going to change? Just make two to three predictions that are extremely obvious to you that maybe 
every one of us as laymen hasn't thought through. In the last 18 months, say, since we raised our Series A, our revenue has increased 1,000%. The number of uh, nurses on the platform has increased 800%. We work with over 500 hospitals uh, in the country, including top ones like Kaiser Permanente and HCA and Johns Hopkins and so on. And so we are on a very rapid growth trajectory. And, uh, and our goal is to be the category defining market leading company in healthcare labor. Um, that comes with a lot of expansion and growth as well as hiring for our team. And uh, we, we really are going to be as ambitious as we can and, and just take advantage of this, of this opportunity that we have ahead of us and continuing to ship product and features that drive our differentiation as well as like expand our, our geographic expansion. So looking forward to becoming the category defining market leading company in healthcare labor. The second thing is the, the rapid adoption of technology in healthcare has finally arrived. Uh, this, is, this has historically been a, an industry that has been slower to adopt technology, frankly, because they had things to their benefit. They didn't have to. You know, they, This is an industry that has uh, what we call, quote unquote, regulatory capture. They have a lot of laws and, and, and regulations that are in their favor that mean that they don't have to compete as much and therefore don't have to adopt the technology as much. There has also been a, a, a tremendous amount of M&A in healthcare, which also providers in particular didn't have to innovate as much. However, with the pandemic, that changed dramatically. It's sort of like being caught in a deer in headlights. Like you have you have to, when you're in a crisis situation, you are forced to rapidly change the way you operate. And that includes the adoption of technology. Also, the intensity of the competition among providers is continues to increase. Not just, you know, they're not just competing with each other for patients and for talent. But they are now competing with Amazon and Walmart and you know other you know entrants in, into healthcare. That's going to be interesting to see the rapid the rapid adoption of technology. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. What do you think your parents did or what do you think happened in your life growing up that has positioned you and primed you to feel comfortable and confident to go attack a big category like this and to become a founder? Yeah, that is a great question. A couple of things happened. First, both my grandfathers were entrepreneurs and that just meant that I just grew up in a way that was very to think very comfortable with risk, frankly, uh, risk taking is something I'm very, very comfortable with. And then the second is like, I, it was embedded this, this value or opinion that, and it's just an opinion. I think the, the epitome of what you can do in a business career is be an entrepreneur. And that's just like an opinion that I hold. And that probably started from a very young age. And so that's just, you know, that's our, you know, that's part of our value system, both of us, right. That was embedded in us from probably an early age. The, the, and then the second thing that really comes from my parents is just you know, my parents are immigrants. I'm from Sudan originally. I'm, I myself moved to the U.S. when I was 24. And just you, you have to strive for excellence. I mean, that was drilled into my brain <laughs> from a very, a very young age as well. And uh, in whatever field you choose, you just got to be you got to be the best. You have to do you have to 
you know, you have to keep pushing, you have to keep succeeding and, and, you know, you're competing with yourself and so on. So like that, that's a classic immigrant uh, mentality as well. One of the things I really love about you is you went to medical school and are not a practicing doctor. It's almost like this was the most beautiful company for you to build. It, you know, really did marry so many different areas uh, of, of who you are. Talk a little bit about your decision to go to medical school and then decide that that wasn't for you. And, you know, medical school is no small feat. Everyone knows this. I have two brothers who are doctors. Um, so I appreciate it. Uh, but what made you decide not to go into medicine? Yeah. Um, so the decision to go into medicine had to do with more like, Hey, my dad's a surgeon, my two older brothers are surgeons. That seems like to be like what everyone's doing. So let me just go do it. <laughs> um, and so then during med school, I mean, I've discovered that look, one-on-one -on -one patient care is amazing. But the one drawback of one-on-one -on -one patient care is that it's not scalable. And I, I really wanted to go into a field where the impact I could have could be on a much larger scale and much more rapid. And the amazing thing about technology is how scalable it is. I mean, we, we, in the case of Incredible Health, we have this marketplace and we have you know, a code base basically that can scale across hundreds of hundreds of thousands, millions of, of healthcare workers and, 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 and you know, hundreds of health systems. And that the ability to be just be able to transform and, and impact an entire industry is just amazing when it comes to software. And so that that's really ultimately why I ended up leaving uh, practicing as a doctor and, and and pursuing technology instead. What's the thing that surprised you about being a founder? What's the thing where you were like, whoa, I didn't kind of expect this or or any element of it that was harder than you thought? Yeah. I mean, you know, as Ben Horowitz wrote that in his book, when the number one job of a founder or CEOs to manage your own psychology. I actually didn't fully appreciate until I was deep in it, how much, what the psychological impacts are of, of running a company and that how that is actually <laughs> the most important thing I got to do is manage my own psychology. Um, you know, there's lots of ups and downs when it comes to building a company, there's setbacks that are inevitable. Um, and being, being able to just rapidly overcome that while also working pretty extensive hours, frankly, is, is, is critical. And I've had to really set up like a whole, I don't know, support system <laughs> just to get my, get through this mentally. Um, things like, you know, I set guardrails for myself. Like I won't work on Saturdays, for example, like Saturday is a day off. It doesn't matter if the whole thing is crashing and burning. I'm like not working on a Saturday. Uh, another example is, uh, I just have a whole group of CEOs that are like, uh, available on WhatsApp or on, on iMessage that I can just like, you know, it's like text a friend or call a friend. Uh, and, and, you know, that group of course, like fully empathizes with, 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 with the challenges that we're, that we're going through. Um, so those are, I think I, I underestimated the mental challenge of, of, of running a high growth venture back business. Let's talk a little bit about your tricks. What do you have, and it can be anything work related, personal related things that you lean on in those times of managing your own psychology that you could pay it forward to all the other founders listening. Probably top tip is make sure you have your CEO support group, <laughs> your call a friend group, because that is, that is a group that you can be very honest with. And that will have high levels of empathy. The second is get a, get a therapist, get an, you know, get a therapist, get an executive coach, like get, get someone that you are able to vent to and, and, and talk through some of the many challenges that you're going to be going through. Uh, cause you know, your, your significant others and your friends and everything are great and everything, but like, they can't deal with you for 10 years. <laughs> and like, so, you know, it's be better. It's good to go to a professional instead. Another is, uh, get a great group of advisors and mentors around you at the end of the day, 
sure you might be innovating and you're doing, you're building something that hasn't existed before, but a lot of what you're doing has been done before. Like building a team has been done before expanding into a new market, into a new market that has been done before. And so there are so many experts around you. You want to be able to, to connect with, I mean, in my case, it's, it's our board members, it's, it's our early investors. It's the operators that, you know, that were some of our, some of our early investors, it's the other product leaders, operations leaders, so on that I'm in touch with even outside of the company that have been really helpful here uh, because it's, I'm innovating on our product, but I'm not, I don't need to innovate on everything else to do with company building. You said you were very, very decisive. And I want to just get a little bit of sense of like in the face of making hard calls, and I'm sure through COVID you had to make many, any tips on just getting really clear and making decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So first is just acknowledging that 99% of the decisions you make are reversible. Uh, so even if you do make a mistake, it's okay. Cause it can just be reversed most of the time. And so even in, in areas of ambiguity, like, I mean, all of us have to deal with lots of ambiguity, ambiguity during the pandemic. It's like, you know, you don't have to like over index on like making the perfect decision at all times. I mean, sometimes it's just best to just make a decision and, and move on. Um, the second, the second tip is just around speed. I mean, startups, uh, I, one of the main competitive advantages you have as a start, as a, as a high growth startup is you can move faster than anyone else in the market. And so take advantage of that speed and just go for it. Uh, because just the, the speed of execution and getting this, you know, this, in our case, the pandemic hiring suite into the market or the community for nurses into the market and so on had huge advantages. And so the speed aspect is critical to your decisions too. I love that. Um, I want to quickly uh, trend to this quick fire round. I'm going to ask a question. First thing that comes to your mind, doesn't matter. Just go with whatever uh, you think of first. Today, what was the coolest pinch me moment you had? The thing that you were most proud of? Gosh, probably the first time a nurse got hired on the platform. Uh, that was probably like, I'm like, oh my God, this thing works. <laughs> um, favorite interview question. If you're really trying to get to the core of who somebody is, do they, do, do they deserve to be at incredible health? Are they part of your team? What do you like to ask people? How are you thinking about the next five years of your career? And what do you ideally want it to look like? Is there a book that you come back to time and time again? Uh, yeah. The war of art by Steven Pressfield. Um, next question. Fast forward two years. How many days a week do people work in an office? Zero. Zero. I am full in on the remote first thing. I want you to think about um, if you have to, to think about one thing, anything, tool, product, service that over the last 18 months through COVID, that new habit you formed, what is it? So it could be a product that you love, anything new that you picked up, but any new habit you formed. Oh God, this is going to sound so boring, but it would be documentation. I mean, we use Notion, but you know, just the importance of just writing things down <laughs> as like the written communication is critical. That's actually so such a great point, which is if we're all so remote first, written communication has become everything. That's amazing. Um, last question, other than incredible health, one other startup that you want to pay it forward to, and it can be anything, but it's a startup that you've heard about that you you're just very excited uh, to know about. Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, career karma. They're helping uh, people break into tech uh, and it's there. It's run by an amazing CEO named Ruben Harris. I love it. That is absolutely amazing. Um, Iman, first of all, it, it is so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is so clear that not only do you ooze the passion, but that you're going to 
build something that's going to solve that million million nurse problem. We're rooting for you. We need you. Um, thank you so much for founding Incredible Health. And for everybody out there, if you haven't already checked out Incredible Health, you can head to IncredibleHealth.com and you can join us next week for Inc. The Founders Project with Alex Von Tobel. Let's thank him on for everything she's doing for us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, we are hiring. So check out our website, IncredibleHealth.com.